Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I'm Jay Warmke. And today, just for today, Annie Warmke. Yes, and today, just for today, hopefully not just for today, we're actually on video for our YouTube version. So anyway, um, and today we're going to talk about funding or creatively funding your homestead or chicken feed doesn't cost chicken feed anymore. How's that? Where did you come up? I with don't know. That? I was just trying to come up with something cute, and and apparently I didn't succeed. As a farmer, so. <laughs> it does not compute. All right. So um, why don't you talk a little bit about? Because I know you've been doing some research on on um, on creative funding for homesteads. I think there's a lot of people out there who have that fantasy of um, you know I want to I want to go out there and build my cabin and live in the woods and. Um, and they think that magically they can make a living that way. So I'm not sure that people think about that they can make a living. What I'm saying is, yes, you can. Well, you can for sure, but it's still a business. It you is know. still a business. But before we move into that realm, um, uh, I think that, that um, one of the things about talking about creative funding for homesteaders uh, is, to, is to try to move people more into a way of thinking a little bit differently about how you provide for yourself. So, so most people who are doing homesteading want to be very, as they call it, self-sufficient, self-reliant. And, um, and so I don't think outside funding comes into that mix. However, it, it ought to, because there are a lot of people out right. there and a lot of groups out there that would like to support um, people's endeavors and they have lots of money and they're looking for somebody to give it to. And I know that sounds like I'm being a little bit outrageous, but I'm not. And my entire career has been based on that philosophy, whether it was in farming or women's funds or starting battered women's shelters. And, and the, the, the thing that I find remarkable, I just spent a lot of time, a lot, a few hours <laughs> working on this, but also working with, um, I do mentoring and primarily with women who are in, in agriculture. And it is interesting to listen uh, when we do these webinars and stuff to, to listen to a lot of the mental health piece that comes with this. So I just spent last night listening to people talk about it's too much work. I can never the catch up. The mental health piece, like they are actually mentally ill for wanting well, to do this. Well, not mentally or... ill, but just that <laughs> well, mental you health. You should be locked up. Any job <laughs> requires a certain amount, a certain degree of mental so health. And in farming, it's a lifestyle. It isn't just a job or as a homesteader, it's, it's a lifestyle, not just um, just work. And so there are things that come along with it. And when you add that business component, um, which I don't think people think about things like this as a business, and it's not succeeding, it's not earning a living, it's not creating well, we, the support. We hear that a lot from folks where, you know, they, they, they just simply can't make a living by, by growing. They can't, make ends meet, I should say. When they when they get into it, they think I'm gonna grow my own food, I'm gonna raise some chickens or whatever, and don't really think about the rest of it per se. That, well the real the real challenge is it isn't just about making ends meet. We want to make a living. Sure. You want to you want to thrive. Yeah. Right. So so and in order to thrive, we've got to have a lot of sources of where that money's going to come from. And if we worked for you know, the electric company or the government, 
we only get one paycheck in theory. You might be working two jobs, but mainly you probably aren't. And so you only have that one paycheck. And when it goes away, you got nothing. And so what we're saying is, okay, as a homesteader or a person in agriculture, if we're realistic about how to be reliant, re resilient and reliant on our own skill sets and also sustainable in our practices, we need to look at how we're going to divide up the money we need to come from different sources. So there's a variety of, of places. And then when one goes away, we are not going to lose the farm or the homestead sure. um, because we lost that. Well, that I think a, a lot of people saw that with COVID when you know, they might have been succeeding very well going to farmers markets and selling what they could. And then all of a sudden the farmers markets are closed. They're just closed right. for well, a year. And, and a lot of people were clever mm -hmm. about how to deal with that. And a lot of people went out of business. A huge number of people went out of business. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. Okay, and the be let's start at the beginning, the beginning. And let's end at the end. <laughs> and this is the middle. Here we go. Okay, I'm so glad you're on camera now so people can uh -huh. see what a stinker you are. Right. So so the idea is I cannot market and pitch ideas and I cannot sell my product and do well with it if I'm not clear about what it is I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So for example, with us, we could say, you know, we're we're 30, we always say we're 40 acres and a mule surrounded by reality and that we're going to repurpose this is our mission statement repurpose reuse recycle we're going to have fun and we're not going to work for anybody else that's been our mission for 20 years now but the fun part is the main part well i'm waiting on that so anyway um <laughs> oh, yeah dagger, because dagger to the heart. because the work of living on a farm or a homestead is insatiable yeah, yeah, it's absolutely insatiable. And if you don't have the chutzpah and the endurance and the consistency to keep up with it, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you're probably not going to do well with it anyway. So we have to have a clear idea and we need to have our story. We need to have that story in a way that helps us frame what we need, what we're doing and what we're going to do with what you're going to in, give us. You're, we're asking you as the donor or the fund or the grant or company uh, foundation or the government to invest. We aren't charity. We're not asking for charity. So we need to remove that. You know, the plumber doesn't, um, <laughs> the plumber doesn't apologize for, you know, giving you the bill and they expect you to pay it. And so we're just saying, look, we're, we're worthy of an investment and here's our story and why it's valuable. So, and, and then the next piece is to know that you're not going to be eligible for everything you're going to look at. And but, you're not going to be accepted even if you are eligible necessarily. Well, there's, it's, it's a world of competition. Mm -hmm. So that's where the story comes in. Also connections. Maybe, you know, somebody who knows somebody that is involved in one of these groups like a private foundation or a, a public nonprofit. Um, and that's so based on those relationships, you might get a little leg up. And it really is about relationship building because once you get that money, or even if you don't get the money, you apply, you don't get it, go back and ask, what, what didn't you like? 
what was the challenge with this application? And next time you'll know, hey, I'm going to fix that. And I'm also, I've already started a relationship with this person who maybe is one of the people who makes the decisions. Anyway, so some, in terms of agriculture and homesteading, some grants and some funders are going to be looking for you to have at least $10,000 or more in sales in a year. Well, you're obviously not going to start out like that. So that eliminates some places that you might um, be looking for some specific kinds of funds. But there are tons of opportunities out there. And so the main thing is you want to look at what is your what are the categories that you can fall into? And the grants range from anywhere from research grants to small loans. Um, and and all of these things are are focused on how to help you do better, how how to make a living, how to uh, reach your dreams, how to uh, are, are are a lot of these things focused on farming per se, like for farmers markets or for agriculture, no, no. or are and they I'm going to talk agritourism, yeah. or or how do we get into that? I'll, all of that and more. You're going to get into it. You you one hold, with ARP. Okay. A A A R P has grants for people over fifty. A O O A A R P. Yeah, the one that you kept trying to get me to join when I turned fifty, <laughs> and I said, "No, wait till you're fifty, and you can do it." There you go. So, um, but you don't want to limit yourself by thinking you're too small to matter, because there's always someone out there looking to give away some free funding. It's just a matter of of looking where to look, thinking about where to look, where do I look? And they may be regional as well, right? Because well, we're in be Appalachia. In your, well, it might know. be in your hometown. It might sure. be the neighbor down the road. You know, I've had people volunteer at our farm um, and that is a source of funding. There's value in that person's time, especially if they have skills. Mm -hmm. So technically, if you're just looking at homesteading, it's defined as a lifestyle of self-sufficiency characterized by home preservation, subsistence agriculture, and overall self-reliance. And so that's important to know because if you are a homesteader and you are saying, I want to qualify as a homesteader, you better be proving those key points. And that's yeah. the whole reason but to I don't tell. like that definition because the idea of self-sufficiency seems to mean that there is no community, that you don't need I mean, I've never met anybody. All who's right, completely but it is it is like I don't want to get off on that. Is a lifestyle <laughs> of self sufficiency, oh, and yes. I know we Grizzly think Adams. we think we think that that shouldn't even be a word. Nobody should be trying to be self sufficient because we have a dependency on others, and we should, we really should. But anyway, but this is the definition, and if I'm going to tell my story to somebody or some entity that wants to that potentially wants to give me money, I'm not going to redefine their right. way of thinking by parrot, saying- Parrot ah, back the words that That's right. We want, to, we want to understand how they pitch their ideas, and then we're going to write what we're going to write based on how they write, not how we, you know, I, I would say like one of the grants, the SARE grants, S-A-R-E, I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but one of the things that they talk about is, you know, you don't have to necessarily write- the way we are, you know, asking this, although I will say, but having, if you don't, we're not going to give I you have any been money. rejected by them three <laughs> times. And I can assure you that I wrote just like they talk and they, they found me wanting. Yeah. So, but that's, that's all part of the process. So you don't want to just apply to one. You want to think about, well, what are all the different pieces of 
how I define my story and my work. And then, and then I want to find funders that are going to, uh, different funders in different areas that are going to be potentially, um, uh, going to give me some money. So you want to start small and you've got to stay organized. So you might make a grid or some kind of a notebook where you're going to write down the name, what they are interested in. Uh, you're going to look at what things they funded in the past and why they funded them. Um, and you're going to write down the due date because there's nothing like knowing that's the perfect guy to give me money and the due date passed yesterday. Sure. It happens all the time. Well, one thing that occurred to me while you're talking through this stuff is we see it a lot with nonprofits where they go chasing the money. So I guess I would just sort of add, don't change your behaviors because of the funding. Get the funding to match That's your behaviors. That's why you tell your story, because yeah. you're not going to turn into a money whore. Yeah, and the and the money can go away instantly. So well, here you're saying I'm gonna I'm gonna raise goats because there's money for goats. And then you don't like raising goats. I'll raise my hand on that but one. But money so. for goats would mean things like I need a water system in the pasture. You know, it's not like a thing. But it wasn't gonna... part of your original intent. You just did it because there was money to pay for it. So what I'm saying is don't do that. Um, you know, find funding that matches what it is that you're hoping to accomplish, not don't change your don't words. Don't change for your them. behavior. Yeah. So so anyway. So the first place to start, which I think is pretty good, just to give you an idea. Okay, are you going to start listing through all of the different sources? I'm going to talk a little bit okay, about that. Okay, because I figured this is a good place for okay. me before you do that to <laughs> let everybody right know. Through. I know, that's right, that's I know. Right. I don't want to interrupt your flow of thought. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you I do. Know Actually, you do. I yes. do. Um, but I want to remind everybody you're listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Always Focused Annie Warmke, <laughs> reminding you it is indeed the end of the world as we know it. And thank God. Thank God. Okay. so Especially today. Okay. So all you happy campers out there, all you homesteaders. Annie's going to tell He's you so where to go get some money. <laughs> so just ignore him. All he right. can't help himself. Okay, go ahead. So the tell first us where the money is. I, I'm not going to tell you where money is. I'm going to tell you some ideas about where you could look at not just money, but they a lot of places offered networking. They offer uh, research information. There are lots of links. All these places have tons of links with um, other things they funded, but there's information there that might be useful to you as well. So it's not just about bucks. So the place that I recommend you start is called start to the number two farm.gov. And it is an online database that connects beginning farmers and ranchers with available programs and resources. And in my experience, it isn't just beginning ones, but there is a strong emphasis on that because the government is very keen right now to try to bring young people into farming because most of us are, are old farts. And that's not a good thing. So besides, yeah, the farming community is aging for sure. Yeah, and and aged. So anyway, so it gives um, it gives you an opportunity to find a lot of information in one place, and you can begin to glean and and add to your notebook what 
uh, areas you want to be more uh, able, you want to be able to search. And it is searchable by geographical area and by uh, topic. And also for people who are thinking about getting into farming or, and again, homesteading, because farming has a big is a big component of that, like raising food and so forth. There are additional features, uh, including think thinking about farming. The next one I think it, that has some uh, useful information is USA grant applications. And most of what I'm talking about here at the beginning is just really places you begin your search. So you find where you're going to search next. So they have... Um, uh, they've designed a, a, a format that helps you to locate and apply for funds. And it actually can, you can actually uh, 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 access the applications, some of the applications on their site. The next one is, is a big boy. It's the U.S. Department of Agriculture grant. I've heard of them. Um, piece called <laughs> SARE, S-A-R-E. And they have grants and they also have scholarships. And you can go online to SARE grants and you'll find um, a lot of information about a variety of things uh, that they provide. And the SARE stands for North Central Region Sustainable Agriculture Research and Education. They do provide limited funds to support conferences and educational events. So if I was having a conference, particularly if it was on the national scale, um, I might be able to get $1,000 or $2,000 um, to maybe underwrite some scholarships or underwrite for people to come to attendance. Your yes, mm -hmm. um, that doesn't go very far, but it could be um, it could be helpful. And they have a funding cycle, so they have several times a year that you can apply for that money. They also have grants that are for farmers and ranchers, and um, and those are mainly about uh, sustainable farming and gardening practices. So it could be urban, it could be rural, and they provide uh, monetary aid to reach educational goals. So if you wanted to, like, for instance, I just got rejected for my grant where I wanted to um, do some research in comparing a, uh, a new uh, beginning food forest garden with an urban beginning food forest garden. And um, some of them thought it was brilliant idea. And some of them who were very conventional farmers thought, what the heck is she talking about? So um, such as it is. And that reminds me, it's a, it's a really good idea. And I think I brought this up before that if you apply and you are turned down, uh, you, you really need to go back and ask what was the reason? Because if you don't intend to apply again, it doesn't matter because it may tell well, it you might something. Help you help in, you on another yeah, application. Yeah, that's right. Like they didn't like just the say you were too wordy or or you didn't focus or right. whatever or or this wasn't what we were fo looking for. Right, maybe. The, and sometimes it's just we had five hundred applications. We only had enough to fund fifty, and you know, but it still comes back priority. to they liked one better than they liked another. So there's yeah. always going to be huge competition. Um, for for the funds. Anyway, so the next one is called Risk Management Education Grants, Farm Grants for Women. And there are, um, there are specific grants out there for what especially the government calls underserved. And so that is, uh, that's veterans, that's different minorities, and that's women. 
um, and people who have uh, disabilities. So that gives them a little bit of an edge. And then sometimes they're very specific. This is only for veterans or this is only for women. So this risk management um, education uh, grant is around risk management. And so it's, it's there to help pay a portion of direct operating costs associated with different kinds of farming. And um, it says it helps empower women to succeed financially despite inequity and earning potential compared to their male counterparts. And they are offering to give guidance and support to women. Um, to improve their farms and challenge patriarchal standards for financial success. So you go in and you look and see what are they specifically looking for. So they are looking for proposals related to climate change. So climate adaptation, that's a big one that everybody's going to be addressing. Wildfire response, local foods, and urban agriculture. Those are the stronger pitches that they would be looking for. That doesn't mean they might not fund something else. Sure. So then the uh, USDA has a socially disadvantaged group grants and that kind of speaks for itself. So you get that, that kind I of, I assume that's not just for shy people. It's uh, for people who that are is so, <laughs> I'm not disadvantaged even, in social I am situations. not, I am not going okay. to respond to that because that's just too example, right. too crazy. But so I've got an example in Pennsylvania, the, in 2021, the Keystone, uh oh, I lost it. The Keystone, um, I won't be telling that's you what happens. I can't find it. It's not there. All right. That's what happened. Anyway, uh -huh. SARE is a resource. If you uh, don't want to apply for money from them, they have an immense library of all of these programs that they have funded that are research and they will show you. It's a hard, it is a hard thing to search, I think, but there's a lot of wealth of information there on how to do a variety of, of things associated with homesteading. The next one is called Local Food Promotion Program, LFPP. And uh, this is really to promote local and regional food business enterprises that engage in indirect producer to consumer marketing. Um, so, sort of like doing a farmer's market kind of thing? No, that would be direct. So, oh, it would be so if I supplying local yeah, businesses. So, if I did that and or maybe there's an aggregator. So maybe you're yeah. pulling together a bunch of different farms and then you go and you sell. Or like a friend of ours who produces bison meat, but right. sells it through other stores. Right. And through, she might sell to food trucks and things like uh -huh. that. So um, it says that the grants can be used for planning stages of establish or establishing or expanding a local or regional food business. And so that's a, that's a really good startup, but it also may mean you're already in the business, but you want to get out there and, uh, and expand. What yeah, you're that's doing. a good point because a lot of these grants are really startup grants, right? I mean, not everybody says, okay, you've got a track record and this is what you're going to be doing. Right. Some of them may be saying, Hey, this is something I want to do. And they're looking at, at it sort of like seed money to get you, to get you started. Well, or to improve what you already have. So like yeah. with the government, um, the natural resource conservation service, which is an arm of the U S department of agriculture, everything that they do is to help the farmer, or it could be a homesteader, although you would be required to be filing a scheduled F, 
uh, on your uh, federal taxes in order to qualify for these services. But um, they're there to help you improve what you're already doing. So they might help you expand uh, water to pasture with frost-free spigots, or they might help you with a, a cistern so you can collect water off of buildings and don't run out of water or develop a spring or, or fencing. have fencing. fencing. Um, and then they also, they have a lot of other programs as well around conservation. So once you have some of those initial grants for the fencing and the water and all that, then they want you to keep up with it and take care of it. So they give you money based on the, the procedures that you're doing on your land. Um, also they, uh, you might be a homesteader that has a lot of forest land and, and a lot meaning an acre or more. So you uh, could get um, a forest management plan done by a forester that would help you learn how to develop that forest versus clear cutting or just having a logger come in and take out the best trees. That's just not, not good use of that farm of that forest land, or maybe you want to develop a food forest. So, so it's a great program and it's called NRCS natural resource conservation service. And they have been super great. Um, the service provider warned me when we first started, she said, all right, Annie, you're known for breaking the rules. I'm like, who said that? You? And I know I probably you, said it right off the bat. All the time. <laughs> and so, and I said, well, here's the thing, Lori, I don't want to go to federal prison and I'd hate to drag you with me. So, well, but that, that program is very focused on traditional, but they are willing to, to explore other. other yeah. I mean, I, I'm very non-traditional and they've been hugely supportive sure. uh, to us. And they also, yeah. you can also get a high tunnel. Uh, they will buy the kit of the high tunnel. You have okay. to. Well, let me just it. point out, you've only got about two minutes to get through your oh, other dear. six pages of okay. information. Okay. Well, maybe we have to do another program. <laughs> okay. Well, just talk really fast. Like it's a disclaimer All on right. a pharmaceutical. All right. I'm not going to talk really fast, <laughs> but I will mention one more because we've been talking mostly about crops, and that's the Food Animal Concerns Trust, which is fact. And um, I encourage you to look them up. They have grants for small farms and homesteads, but they also have a huge library. And then just really quickly, don't cut me off. <laughs> I want to talk just very briefly about, um, about some of the things that you don't think about. And I have to find the note. Well, I know that you've been involved in some mentoring programs and there are yes. projects out there that you know, try and match up people who are beginning with people who are more experienced and some of them right, actually no. pay you money. Yeah, and they do. That's the Women Food and uh, uh, Agriculture Network. But there's also local resources, a, a local community fund or a local community women's fund. Um, there's the private investors. So partnerships with educational institutions. We've gotten a lot of money during COVID uh, from um, the programs through Voinovich sure. Leadership Center. Well, that's one thing to point out is you're not necessarily, does it have to be focused on farming? It can be just no, small right. business in general. That's right. And so the thing I'll say is that you, you have to be good at marketing. You've got sure. to write your story. You've got to have it, a good story. And that's how we got money during COVID for not just what we were doing as farm uh enterprise, but also for our solar installation program to get it online. Um, also getting people to sponsor products that you create, putting their name on your labels or on their website, uh, on your website, YouTube videos and podcasts that pay a dividend after you have a certain number of people um, uh, subscribing. 
corporations pay to use your brand or your product. We made a lot of money uh, on a, on pigs once because of our story. Mm -hmm. Everybody else couldn't sell a pig for $50 and we got $8 and 50 cents a pound right. because we had a good story. Okay. So get your story together and uh, don't be afraid to go out and ask for money. Anyway, you've been listening to when the biomass hits the wind turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. We want to thank our always well-funded um, <laughs> producer, Emmy Award-winning producer, Adam Rich. And we want to thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us. And as your grandmother hopefully told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is... My grandmother said, play nice with others, clean up your own mess, and eat your vegetables. Till next time. You can find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at blueRockStation.com.